This week's coffee is going to be Bolivia Belinda Ilamani. Everybody and welcome to episode 171 of In My Mug. I'm your host Stephen Layton. Today is the 20th of February 2012 and this week is an unusual coffee um, and a fairly tough one to actually get across on In My Mug so you're going to have to bear with me on it. Um, if you cast your mind back, back in time, to episode 127, 44 episodes ago for the mathematically challenged of you, um, I was in Google offices in Ireland recording and in my mug with a coffee that was very special. This coffee was called Bolivia Finca Belinda. Um, I loved this coffee. Uh, the story of us nearly not getting it and ending up getting it a little bit later on, uh, super tiny lot, um, ended up being used in a competition more later. Um, with all of this, I was desperate to get it this year. Uh, so, top of my list to talk to the exporter about was this coffee. Um, time for horror face. They told me I couldn't have it. Much weeping, wailing commenced, throwing myself on the floor like a big baby, crying, asking why, ripping my hair out, what hair I had. Um, so I asked why, um, and they told me that Felix, uh, the guy who grows and owns Belinda, uh, had mixed his lot this year uh, to make a much larger lot. Last year there was only 11 bags of this. And trust me, 11 bags sounds like a lot of coffee. I mean, it's 600 and, no, 770 kilos, um, but it doesn't go far. Um, and uh, he decided to make it into a larger lot with a contribution from his neighbour, who is called uh, Anastasio, um, who owns a farm called Ilamani. So this is 75% from Belinda, 25% from Ilamani. Uh, now, I think this is the first time that we've ever had a lot like this. Um, it's not normal to be blending two farms, crops together, and having the provenance still. Now, it happens a lot with co-ops and stuff like that. Um, so I was a little bit worried about how this would taste. But then when we cooked it, I loved it. I thought it was amazing. I was very, very excited. And uh, yeah. We, we decided we would definitely take it. It's another of our direct trade coffees. Thank you so much for the lovely comments last week. It does mean a lot to me about the video that we put out uh, about direct trade and explaining it. Um, so yeah, it's a direct trade coffee that we will be talking about at the end of the year, um, about the relationship and how that's going. Um, so I'm gonna break this down into talking about two farms. Uh, I hope this doesn't get too confusing. But I'm going to start with Belinda, which is 75% of this lot. So let's talk about that one first. So it's located near the town of Karanavi. Uh, it has an altitude of uh, 1,400 to 1,600 metres above sea level. Um, is a very well looked after farm. And production has jumped this year big time. Um, 
uh, owned by a guy called Felix Copa Calais, uh, shared with his wife and three children who all help on the farm too. Uh, coffee is their income. There is nothing else on the farm apart from coffee. So it's really important that they get a great price for their coffee and they find a way to market with their coffee. Uh, he bought the farm 10 years ago and has been looking after it ever since superbly well. Uh, we, as far as we know, are the first people to buy this coffee last year. Now, trying to find out information from Bolivia is like getting a blood out of a stone. But I've been told that we are, so I'm kind of going to go with that. So figures of this farm, Finca Belinda, owned by Felix Copacalais, from the north youngest region of Bolivia, from Caranavi, a growing area of around about eight hectares of coffee, and that's the whole farm. Altitude, 1,400 to 1,600 metres above sea level. Uh, it is Tipica, Katura and Cat A.E. So that is Belinda, 75% of this coffee. The other 25% is grown by a guy called Anastasio Cardina. A 47-year-old gentleman, bought his farm in 1993, so he's had this farm for a while. Um, but he worked in coffee since he was 16 years old, working on neighbour's farm in the area. Uh, called Ilamani because the farm has no name and it's in the area of Ilamani and uh, near again to the town of Karanavi. I'm going to show you in a little while the map, but this is a tiny farm, two hectares, 600 coffee plants, uh, mainly Criolla with a little bit of Katura, uh, altitude of 1,350 metres above sea level to 1,800 metres. Um, so numbers. Farm is called Ilamani, I think Ilamani. I don't know whether it is. The region's called the Ilamani, so I'm guessing it's not, and it just doesn't have a name. Lots of farms in Bolivia don't. Owned by a guy called Anastasio Cardinia in the north youngest region of Bolivia. Only two hectares of coffee growing area, because the farm is two hectares. Has an altitude of 1,350 metres to 1,800 metres. Uh, varietals on this farm are Tipica and Katura. And yeah, that's it. So... I think the important thing is to get, get an idea of the location of these places and see how close they are to each other. So now we're going we're gonna, to... I've changed the way I'm going to do the maps. I'm going to go to a little separate section for the maps because it's really difficult to get the timings right. Um, so I'm hoping that this is going to be slick at. Please, feedback, feedback uh, would be muchly appreciated. Um, so yeah, I'm going to whap you on pause. Not really, but... I'm going to do the map thing, and I'll be back in just a second. It's the map bit. No expense spent. It's the map bit. Okay, so we're zooming out here from Has Been Stafford, and we're going to shoot across the sea to South America to Bolivia. Now, Bolivia is a landlocked country, um, so has no ports. Um, it has neighbouring countries, which I'm just going to show you now on a separate map, where we, you can see Peru is to the left, north, kind of northwest. You've got Brazil, which covers the majority of the border, um, to the uh, north, east, um, and east. And then to the southeast, you have Paraguay. Um, you have uh, to the south, Argentina, and to the uh, southwest, you've got Chile. So. As you can see, it's, it's a very strange country to try and get coffee out of. Um, we're going to zoom back to the other map now, and we're going to zoom into Ilamani and into Belinda. Um, and as you can see here, 
there this is the north youngest region and you can see we've got another couple of coffees we buy from there so we have Louisa um, we have David Vilker um, and then these two coffees that come together I think it just kind of shows that this is a, a very coffee rich area just to the south of the picture that you're looking at now if you just look just by where it's got the Google GOI part you can see that there's also that's the town so that's the, the, the nearest town with Belinda being the closest to that town so there you go um, that's the map bit it's the map bit no expense spent it's the map bit slick eh <laughs> so it's time for the wheel of death and this week it's going to be Chemex. There's a good reason for this. I'm going to get somebody to do it for me. Um, we are going to have a guest um, in a little moment. So I'm going to whap you on pause. I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to fly someone in. And I'm going to come into work tomorrow and record it tomorrow in different clothes. So don't expect any continuity uh, with this. Um, but we're also going to be talking a little bit more about this coffee and kind of why I've chosen this coffee for this week. Um, this person is a world champion and for ages they've been on at me, they wanted to come and have a, a tour of the roastery so we're going to spend a day tomorrow uh, cupping and showing them around and stuff like that and, and getting them to do in my mug. Um, and as much as I would love to show all of you around, it's impossible. It's logistically just not possible. So I had an idea. Cue the music, cue the video. Hello, coming in. Welcome to the new Has Been Roastery. I'd like to give you a little bit of a tour around, so come on. So this is Goods Inn. This is where the green coffee comes into us. Behind you is where the green coffee is stored. We've got an airlock in between the two of a door, which means that when these doors are open, that door isn't keeps the temperature more stable in there. This is my green storeroom! So this is my green storeroom, funnily enough where I store all of my green coffee. This is a new addition to what we had in the old roastery because now we've got this space. Before, we had to pay for warehousing to look after it for us. This was not only expensive, but also meant we couldn't keep it how we wanted to keep it. This allows us to keep it at the exact temperatures we want, and we know that it's not been exposed to the outside world. So this is our bin room stroke green room. At the minute, we're like Heinz. We've got 57 varieties of different coffees here. So each one has a different green bean in. Yeah, right by the roasters. So this is the roastery where all of the magic happens. We've got Roland. Roland? Ah, Roland. We've got Andy. Yes, Andy. Um, and I'm allowed every now and again to jump on a roaster. We're the three that do all the roasting here. So we're in charge of developing the roast profiles and making sure that the quality is maintained that you used to. So this is the 
bagging area. This is where Kaylee. Say hello to the camera, Kaylee. She's my baby sister. Um, this is where we pack all the coffee to take it through to the pack. So this is the hub of the dispatch area. This is Sarah. Say hello to the nice people, Sarah. Hello, nice people. <laughs> so Sarah is in charge of the dispatch side. Sarah's also my wife, so she's lucky in two counts. And she makes sure that all the shipping labels get done and all the bag labels get put together. So this is the dispatch area. This is where all the internet orders get picked and packed to go out. Um, as you can see, we've got the girls in there at the moment who are stuffing things into envelopes. It is the busiest part of what we do, um, and they work really hard, so let's go and meet them. So this is the dispatch side. Today we've got Liz, Emma and Sarah working in here. Kay's coming through with the noisy trolley now. Um, the only person that isn't in dispatch today normally is Ray. Um, but yeah, this is where they work hard. Sarah gets everywhere though. She was in the office in there, and now she's in here. Let's go upstairs. So this is the one big addition that we've got from moving from the old roastery. We've got Invention Corner over there, which is my chance to leave experiments running and to try different things. We've got two WBC spec stations for espresso, so it means that we can do training but also practice for competition. We've got a cupping table over there, which means I've got a great place to cup samples and evaluate pre-crop shipments and, and, and new arrivals. And then we've also got the brew bar, which is a great chance for us to brew coffee, but also teach how to brew coffee. And we've got a really cool table tennis table as well, so I can kick Andy's ass every night. Welcome to the Has Been Boardroom. This is our like meeting room where if you come to visit us, we can get away from the roastery. And it's just off from the training room, which is out there. It's really nice just to have this space, but it's more serious. So when I'm recording in my mug, this is where I record it. And through the magic of technology, I can go, and I'm here. Cool, isn't it? This is where Dale sits if he ever comes into work. So we're at the unglamorous part of the building. We've got the gents toilet, we've got the storeroom, and we've got the staff room there. In my old office, it was this big. Now, it's this big! And you're always welcome, but I'm kind of bored of you now, so it's time for you to go. So, shoot, shoot, go on, go, go. Bye. <laughs> and we're back. I kind of hope you like a little bit of the roastery tour video that I've stuck in the middle there. Um, I'm very pleased with it and very proud of it. And here's somebody that's just had the physical tour around. Um, great to have you on finally. Um, 
We've been talking about this for quite a while, haven't we? Nearly a year, I think. Nearly a year. So, um, Keith, would you like to introduce yourself to uh, fellow In My Muggers and Hi. tell them who you are? Um, I'm Keith O'Sullivan and I subscribe to In My Mug. It is. Keith, first of all, became a friend through In My Mug and talking about the coffees. You've commented quite a few times as well, haven't you, on the blog? Yes. Yes. I've also voted several coffees way up in those ranking charts. Yeah, so Keith also uses the In My Mug app, which lots of people should use, shouldn't yes. they? they I, it's yeah. fun. Rank coffees. <laughs> it's, it's, it's brilliant. Someone's got to dethrone the, the 1 100 point coffee you have up there. Yes, I need to go and sort some of the anonymous scores out on there though as well, so that's another job for me to do. Tick. Um, but yeah, so Keith was an In My Mug subscriber. Uh, got really excited and interested in coffee. It cost me my mug pretty much, wasn't it, really? Uh, yeah, that. And 3FE as well. And yeah, 3 is one of other friends than 3 so. Yeah. But, um, so, talked to Keith through Twitter a lot too, and then the Brewers' Cup. So, the, the reason why we're going around this long story was Brewers' Cup last year in Ireland. Yeah. So, what happened there? Um, I showed up. Um, I wanted a TDS reading. <laughs> It's essentially the reason I went, I said it beforehand and for some reason they let me win. Which was amazing. So, Brewers Cup is a competition, first year ever was last year. Yeah. So you are the only Irish Currently. Brewers Cup champion. Currently, yes. The only one. Yes. One of a kind. No, look, obviously build it. Um, so Keith, turn up, you, what, so you must be a coffee professional, you work in a shop or you... Uh, no, uh, well, I work in coffee though. Five years ago, for about six months, and that was it. So I just do my PhD at home. So, home user turns up to Irish Championships, wins the Irish Championships, using the coffee that we're going to drink here. So, the, uh, Maastricht? Yes, Maastricht. So, you went there, and lots of coffee professionals, so you didn't do very well there then, yeah? Didn't uh, make finals, did you? Oh, I did. Oh! So Keith made the finals of the Brewers' Cup. So you're the only Irish competitor to ever reach the finals of the Brewers' Cup? Yes. Oh, that's, that's a nice achievement. Didn't do very well in the finals though, did you? I did well enough. Yeah? Yeah? What? Fourth? Third? First. First? World Brewers' Cup champion. <laughs> the only? Yes, so far. For no, six I, months. I think it's an amazing achievement. Uh, I'm making light of it and making fun of it here, but what Keith's done is remarkable. Um, to go from kitchen to winning the championship against some like really talented coffee professionals that have been in coffee for many years, uh, and I'm talking all the way through, you know, and, and, and he, in, in Ireland, it was a really strong final. There were three of you, there was Jordan and there was Megumi and yourself. So Jordan, Megumi and me, yeah. Like, really, really talented latte art champion. Uh, yeah, Megumi went on to like run a brew bar afterwards. Yeah, and, and Megumi also, she finished uh, uh, third, third in the IBC this year. And she finished she the finalist last year. I think she was fifth, I think, last year. So, an amazing, amazing like achievement to, to, to do that. And you did it with this coffee, which is what well, kind of this coffee? This coffee, yeah. The 75% Belinda part. And, <clears throat> um, I remember when I sent you the Belinda on the In My Mug, and you emailed me like shortly afterwards. No, like, I think it was like the day after yeah. I tried it, because I'd been um, Funky talking. tossing around the idea of entering for a couple of weeks, just because it was something I could do, and yeah, I wanted to see how well I was doing coffee at home, 
and I hadn't decided whether or not to enter until I had this coffee. And when I had this coffee, I was like, I've got to enter with this coffee. So I did. And the whole of Keith's performance in Ireland and in the IBC talked about in my mug and the excitement of coffee coming through the letterbox and trying things that you may not necessarily have tried normally and changing expectations. And I sat there like a proud father, smiling ear to ear, like, Look at it, it's doing really well. <laughs> and for the Brewers' Cup Championship, I was actually MC. So I was doing all the introductions and the interviewing afterwards, trying my very best to be impartial, but watching this guy go up there with my coffee and telling this amazing story about how much coffee means to him and, and all. It was, it was stunning, and I you did superbly well. So the mug I'm using, I'm going to talk about this very quickly, it was very kindly sent to me um, by Haggy Barista um, and Madabate Sunderland. So I'm going to introduce you to the concept. Do you like football? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we don't remember the followers. Okay. Who's your support? Everton. Everton. Okay. Yeah. Well, Sunderland. it's Sunderland Arsenal tonight, so I'm going to introduce you to the Sunderland way of thinking on the train tonight when we get to Manchester, because it's going to be old when we get to the park. Is that why we're bringing all the beer? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you very much, Adi Barista. Much appreciated. I love it when I get mugs, and this will go on my shelf of specialness over there. Um, so, yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, so, what do you have to do in the Brewers' Cup? Tell the people that don't know or haven't seen... Well, last year's or this year's? Change the format slightly. Last year's. Right, well, last year, um, the first round was um, essentially um, like sort of a blind brew-off where you would like toss a bag of coffee about half an hour before your performance and you essentially just dialed it in and then brewed the coffee for the judges without a presentation sort of handed it to them and they sort of tasted it and scored you on it. And I did that in the UK one and finished 18th. Get um, <laughs> Yeah, so it was tough and that took a lot of flack last year afterwards, but the coffee in the final wasn't particularly great. Um, but that, that was the hard part. And then the top six um, scores progressed. So you couldn't use your own coffee in the first round, no. you had to use what they gave you. Yeah, and they just gave you a random bag of coffee. It was random as well, I tasted it. Um, that was the second bag we got. There was a mix-up in the planning, I think in the first bag that we were given, they didn't have enough of it. Awesome. So they didn't actually have enough of it to go around like the 18, 19 competitors, so they had to get another bag, which was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> included some stuff that should never be put in a mug. Ever. Yes, yeah, no, I did get to taste that second one. I didn't realise it was the first one. I tasted the, the one that you taught. It, it was, it was, it was a tough first round. There were some amazing scores. I think someone scored like a 78 or something. I think number one was 76 or 78 or something for that copy, which is phenomenally hard given, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, that was almost acceptable for speciality coffee, which was kind of funny. Um, um, yeah, it was a tough one to brew, so a few, a few of the guys who were expecting to go through sort of dropped out. Mm. And I tasted a few of the guys' brews as well that didn't get into the final, like, and some of them were, like, superb for oh. what you were looking at. Well, when I did the UK one, well, mine was phenomenal. Mine was the best on the table, and I didn't get it. Yeah, well, there was I'm sure it was. I was surprised when the results came out. I, th I think the thing, with, the thing with that round was that it made it, it was very kind of potluck if you got through, because 
like it's completely blind, so you don't have a chance to do anything. Show your skill, show what brew method you're using, and yeah. if you've got judges that have a preference for Chemex over something else, then you know you can't. Yeah, well, I mean, there was a skill component to it, but it was very hard with that coffee because everyone was really close. Yeah, there wasn't much separate. I, I think there's a skill component, but there's also an element of. You wouldn't get through even if you were skillful because of where you could be in the running yeah. order. It wasn't, it wasn't there, there wasn't a lot of points between the highest score and the lowest score no. at all. Not, not, not for what you'd expect for a field of 20 people. A very tight range, yeah, for sure. Um, whereas I think in the Irish one, we had La Luge on as the coffee. Yes. That was, <laughs> it showed up, I think, a lot better, the people's skills, because it was really forgiving coffee. So the people who could brew, brew very well and scored really high, and then the people who were bit unsure, just flagging on a tiny bit, it sort of shows I, 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 think, I think it's actually quite a, the reason I chose it was it was quite a difficult coffee to judge, but also to give the judges something, like you can get different things if you brew that coffee differently, yeah. um, and, and so you give the judges something to compare it against, it, there's more there's more range, um, but yeah, for yeah, sure. I think it was the hardest thing about Malouchon was bringing out the best in it, because you could, it was very easy to make a good cup of it, and I think I went through three or four iterations of what I did before I finally decided on profile for what was better, and I think all the, all the scores now were phenomenal though, I think my, like, I think top three in the final all scored something like 88 to like 95 or something like that on the cup scores, they were huge for La Lujan, yeah. whereas I think they were all mid-80s in the final, for our own, for our own copies in the final in Masters, they were all in the mid-80s. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just a coffee that it set the top apart from... It's, it, it's an exceptional coffee, and I mean, it's a previous cup of excellence winner, so it should score high. Yeah. But anyway, let's talk about this coffee, so before I've, I've nearly drunk all the mine there. So, um, we haven't done espresso, uh, purely because I knew we wanted to talk a little bit about some other stuff, and I'm conscious of time. So, as an espresso, it works well, because it's a Bolivian, for God's sake. You know, Bolivian's going to work well in espresso. Uh, in milk... Um, it's milk chocolate. I mean, I don't know whether you, what you're getting with this, but I mean, for me, this is milk chocolate city. With a, time for a shoulder, uh, a shoulder of pineapple. And I, I really get pineapple. Pineapple, not just fresh pineapple, pineapple chunks as well. Like, so, you know, the, the not, not chunks, cubes. Are they pineapple cubes? Have you seen them? They're like sweet. I'm going to put a picture on the screen now. Um, this is a pineapple cube. And... It, it's sweet, so you've got the sticky chocolate sweetness, but it's also sugary sweetness there, and, and I just adore the pineapple in it. Um, Dale made me a Chemex, a Chemex, a uh, French press of this on Thursday, and I hate French presses. I'm, no, I don't hate them, but I go through spells of hating them, and then I kind of tolerate them. And, um, but I love that. It was amazing. It was pure pineapple. Um, but it's different, isn't it, to the Belinda? Yes, a lot through here. Blender was very um, it was acidic and sweet, acidic and chocolatey, but like this has this has really got fruit, and I think yeah, you can really see because we know this coffee, we know the two farms. You can see that this is the Ilamani part of it. This is the part where um, that's the pineapple, that's the fruitiness. It's a really well processed coffee, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's very clean. Yeah. Um, very nice and bright as well. I, I must, I must kind of keep brought up a, a really interesting point that uh, <laughs> before we started recording about Belinda actually isn't the farm's name. We linked Belinda, and I forget how we got there. Can you remember? Um, I think it was it the name of like the region around it or something. Yeah, 
Yeah, but then... Um, it, there is another reason for Belinda as well. It's got some Spanish meaning as well. Yeah. I think um, one of the guys down the street, he was talking to us about it. But, but the Ilamani also doesn't have a name. So these t- this is like really common in Bolivia, that the farms don't have names. They're small. They're never really marketed themselves. But Belinda, for me, now... It's a farm, and it, I'm, I'm hoping in the summer to go and meet these guys. I want to go to Bolivia this year, where I'm, part of my trips are to go there. And um, I'm going to go to Belinda, and I'm going to buy. I'm going to take a sign. I'm just going to buy a sign. I'm going to have a farm sign made up. So there you go. Your farm's got a name. <laughs> <laughs> but a beautiful coffee. I, I think in, in in the brood, it this is where it shines for me. Um, and that's not to say it's not a great espresso. But you can just really enjoy all the complexities of it here. Whereas with espresso, it's always a sledgehammer of taste. Yeah. It, um, was, it was a really challenging espresso to make, I think. Mm. I think I watched like little Davies go through about half a kilo before he got something he could like stomach. Yeah. Um, it's, it's and I think this fruit there. will make it even harder to pull. But I think when you get there, it's worth, you know, it is worth it. I mean, I have got there with this. We, we, we were pulling some shots on Thursday as well after the French press. And we got there with it. And it was good. It was really good. Um, but this is exceptional. I mean, this is a highlight yes, for me. It's still got all the balance of last year. It's better though. That's the, like the bit that scared me was when I found out they'd mixed it together. It was like, you know, would it get confused? and would it be, But it isn't confused because we know why it tastes how it tastes. And that, that's really cool. Listen, Keith, thank you very much for joining us. I'm so pleased to get this man on here finally. Um, it's, I say, we've been Try talking about it for here. We even talked about it after the Irish one, and we talked about it before that too. So yeah. I, I'm pleased. We were meant to do it that weekend, but we all got really late with Tampa Tantrum. Tampa Tantrum and beers at Mulligan's. I seemed to kind of mash it all up. Yeah, it was yeah. a busy weekend. It was crazy, crazy. And on that news, we're going we're gonna to be releasing something similar in a, in a ne- week's or so time where we're going to be talking about the new, next Brewers' Cup in Ireland. Oh, it's Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, well, I'm going to Dublin on Wednesday to film it. So, we can. Yeah. so keep your eyes out Thursday for a big announcement. Another time for Hampshire and Point. The episode. Okay, okay, okay. It's secret. Nobody watches your mum on Oh, sure they do. You didn't hear it here. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so uh, we've actually promised that we're going to do one every month. We, 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 we promised that two years ago. No, no, we, we made a new promise for New Year, so that's why we did the one in New Year when he came across and sat here, actually. Ah, okay. this, this was where we sat. Oh, so, February, we're still in February, and it's going to be recorded before the end of February, so we're... I just I remember the last time you did this, you didn't even film an episode afterwards for three or four months. Yes. The last time you promised to do every month. We were meant to do one when I went... For the, uh, when Colin won the Irish finals. But anyway, we're talking amongst ourselves here. I'm sure you're not interested in that. Listen, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for coming. Um, please, 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 I would love to hear your thoughts about this coffee more than ever, uh, particularly if you tried Belinda last year. Um, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Uh, all of those things. But one thing that is, is bad is life is too short. Uh, I thought.